You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 169. Yeah, get your laughs in, kids. Uh, of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. I am your host, Sinan Schwarden, live from New York City on a lovely spring uh, night, morning, early morning. Lovely spring, early morning. Uh, and today was a, a lovely day all around weather-wise here in the city. Came in really cold, um, matching, I suppose, our nerves coming into the day. But uh, it, it rounded out into a really nice, lovely spring day. Um, so, yeah, alongside that came, of course, a very important Besiktas match. And for anyone who follows this podcast, you're going to be pretty prepared for who, for this one. Uh, we played... Hatay Spore. And of course, we were at home at Vodafone Park in what would be a just massively important match. Tons of wackiness in the buildup. Um, all of, or the majority of the Super League matches this week were pushed to Sunday. And for some reason, we had to ask Hatay Spore if we could push it back. And they rejected it for some reason. <clears throat> That's also. Sort of inexplicable, just to be jerks, I'm assuming. Um, Sergen kind of, you know, it took his opportunity in the press briefings to, to sort of rip into what they did there, and, and also into the TFF, I assume. I uh, don't know, to be honest. But, um... Operation is in effect as of right now. Yeah, just sort of a, a hectic build-up to the match. Lots of sort of animosity tossed around the whole league for couple days there um but yeah let's let's talk football let's let's get away from the media scrum if you will and let's talk about what was sort of pressing for this match and so obviously we always start out by talking about our, ri- our rival for the match or opposition i guess i don't qualify as rivals per se uh yet i guess if hatai can continue to be successful as they have been this season let's be perfectly clear on that um, if they can continue that, it will be uh, a credit to them, and, and who knows? I, mean, I, I don't think they'll ever qualify as our rival. Ideally, they'd find someone regionally to rival with. But um, anyway, as most, oh, I guess maybe most don't know this, but Hatayspor um, came into this one with 54 points, and um, they come in tied with Alanya Spor on points uh, but they had a game in hand um, so they had the opportunity to pass Alanya uh, by beating us and move into fifth place which potentially moves them into a European slot you know in that new Intertoto Cup I believe don't put me on the record on that um, but so so yeah obviously a, a just hugely important match 
for, for both of us in this case. So sort of rare at this point. We have a side that's sort of mid-table, but they have something to play for. And obviously, what we're playing for goes without saying. Championship. Uh, but so, yeah, um, not just sixth place. Hatai, let's talk about their form more specifically. Let's get into it. Their, their previous match was a victory against Gensler at home, 3-1. to one. Before that, they went to Konya and managed a nil-nil draw. Um, anyone who follows the Super League knows that Konya away is always sort of a, you know, a formidable match. They're they're tough opposition, no doubt. Uh, before that, they played against Antalya, the Iron Gate, so to speak. Kurt, gate. Let's go with Gate. Not that formidable. Um, and they won, and not only, not only did they win, they scored three goals against a very defensive side there. Uh, but Antalya also managed to score twice, which is another rarity. Uh, but so a three-to-two victory against Antalya at home, uh, and then they went to Trabzon the week before that, drawing one-to-one. And then to round things out, going back five weeks, we actually find their last loss, uh, two-to-three at home against Guztepe. You know, Guztepe is a side that's really been up and down this whole season. Um, you don't really know what to make of, of what they're doing. Um, so yeah, it's sort of surprising to see the only loss among, you know, playing the likes of Trabzon, Antalya, Konya, etc. Their only loss comes to Gostipe, so that's, that's funny. Um, anyway, but so that's that's the form they were in. Again, that Gostipe loss was five matches ago, so they were unbeaten or yeah unbeaten in their last four um, they they had drawn a couple times there though so that's a little bit of a misleading stat or what have you um, factoid uh, but anyway let's talk uh, about Besiktas coming into this one and obviously we uh, we waited for results in our last episode we're not doing that this week for anyone who's sort of paying attention um, yeah I'm dropping this before any of uh, the, the, the following match day, Sunday's results come in, um, that the reason in, the reason I didn't wait uh, was because, and I wanted to do this with Evron, he was available, um, but I wanted to do this late night, and again, it was a bit of a rush for me because I'm getting my vaccine tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Sunday or later today, I guess now. Um, but so yeah, I'm gonna get my vaccine, and I, you know, I, I know people are getting tired and maybe a little sick and stuff after that for a couple days. So I wanted to make sure I got this episode out before that sank in, um, so that you, you listeners, uh, who I'm always grateful for, uh, could have something to listen to while I'm suffering with my, uh, what do you call it, symptom? What do you uh, side effects? Um, no, you know, knock on wood. Hopefully I don't I don't get hit too hard. The Knicks are playing back to backs uh, Sunday and Monday, so hopefully I'm I'm up and at them and able to enjoy the heck out of a lovely sports week for for me. Um, anyway, sorry, way off topic here. Uh, but so yeah, with all of this said, so no results have come in after this match, so I'll give you a heads up on that. But on the previous one, as many will recall, Galatasaray won, but. Fenerbahce drew nil to nil against Alanya, who I just mentioned. 
Um, so what that means, of course, is that, uh, you know, this is gravy here. We have a five-point lead over Fenner, six-point lead over, over Galantis today, four matches to be played. Uh, we, we, if, 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 any kind of point here, a victory or a draw, would be um, well-received at this point. Obviously, you'd love to get a win here, but I think a lot of us were anticipating a tough matchup. I, I have a lot of friends, in, you know, who have said that they thought this would be the match that would be the most difficult. You know, I've even had people say this would be harder than the Galatasaray match because we tend to perform well in derbies this season under Sergen and uh, meanwhile we kind of drop these ones that we feel like we should win. So, All of that said, um, that was where we were coming into this uh, with the exception of, I should mention, we are waiting for yellow cards. Uh, so these guys are one card away from accumulating enough to be suspended. Uh, on that list, we have Kyle Laren, Atiba Hutchinson, Dorukan Tokers, and Adem Lijic. So four guys on the cusp of being suspended, uh, with, of course, our next match after this one being the huge derby against Galatasaray. So uh, we'll have to be careful of that, shall we? Um, let's talk about this match. <laughs> As we typically do, let's get into the lineups. So, obviously, in the back of uh, our defense, in goal, we had our boy Ederson, academy player, 20-year-old phenom, if you will. In the back of our defense, we saw Wellington and Vida, the formidable pairing that has grown throughout the season, uh, especially in the case of Wellington, where he really started out playing poorly, and can't say enough about what kind of a defender he's been, uh, I don't know, for how many months now. Uh, on, the, on, the, on the flanks of our defense, we had Valentin Rosier on the right side, our sort of diamond in the rough that we've unearthed, and then Fabrice Nsakala, who has steadily become one of our most solid, um, consistently well-performing players, uh, especially, of course, that is in recent weeks. Um, that is, after having what most would consider to be not a particularly good season until then, so talk about clutch. Uh, and then in the back of our midfield, we saw Joseph de Souza. And then ahead of him, Atiba and Adem Lijic, which those three have become kind of uh, vital for us, of course. And Kudu on the left side, who um, has just had some performances that have shocked us. Uh, surprisingly good ones after uh, having lost most of us not long ago. So obviously we hope he can keep it going even further. Uh, as we sort of need this final push from sort of those, those guys up front. Rashid Ghazal would play on the right side, just our maestro all season. Probably the, the newcomer slash signing of the year in the Super League. And then up top alone, Kyle Laren. And I think that's the one place where a lot of us were scared. Um, Kyle Laren has not been at his best as a sort of lone striker. That's just not his role anymore, apparently, right? Uh, he's better on the sort of left side, kind of aiding in attack even. Um, so I think a lot of us were concerned. You know, Gokan Ture had done something that none of us had seen. He'd started connecting things in a way uh, and adding a little pace that we all loved to see. Uh, and so uh, I think a lot of people were disappointed to see Kyle Lannan come into this match, which would be, uh, you know, the family man has a plan. Uh, I've said this many times, and for folks who don't recall, important if you don't know now you know um 
Of note for them, they've got uh, Diouf up top, Pupenza, Traore, Akintola. You know, just a formidable group up front. Uh, but their sort of weakness, I guess we could say, uh, is is their back, their back line, their defense. Um, I have. I'm gonna note something here. <clears throat> I have placed a, a warning on the likes of Ruben Ribeiro, um, a guy who. I don't know what his deal is, if he's on loan from Sporting Lisbon or whatever it is, but he's a petulant jerk. He's been uh, violent and uh, abusive and sort of a jerk insofar as he flails around and tries to get calls that should probably go against him in a lot of a lot of cases. Just a, a not, not a good guy. I didn't put him on the list officially, but a hit list warning has been uh, sent out for this guy. And so, just, you know, of note, right? Now, so that's it. That's our lineup. Let's talk about the match itself and what a match it would be. Um, let's see. So first of all, in the very first minute, things would get get a moving. A corner kick from Rashid Gazal would come in, um, looking perfectly positioned for. Not necessarily a, sh a shot to come in, but for someone to sort of flick it in toward for, for someone else to, to put in the back of the net. Instead, it is the winger of Hatay Sport, Akin Tola, who rises up the highest and sends it somehow perfectly into the back of their own net. Uh, and so there it is, an own goal, and Besiktas has the lead, one to nil. <clears throat> Can't say enough about that. Um, so yeah, the first, I guess they call that officially the second minute. Uh, but so yeah, I don't think uh, Rashid Ghazal gets an assist there because it was an own goal. But nonetheless, fun, fun times all around. Uh, the next bit of action in fourth minute, Adem Lijajic would find uh, Kyle Laren. Uh, and Kyle Laren and Rashid Ghazal would almost sort of smash into each other. Kyle Laren would get a shot off still, nonetheless, and it would almost go in. <clears throat> just wide with a bit of pace on it too so uh, a, th a sign of things to come we hoped um, still only one nil but still just also the fourth minute uh, and in the fifth minute again Rashid Ghazal some nice little play and he would send it zing it across the pitch to Nkuru who would do a little thing with it send a shot in and it would uh, it would miss but it would be close and uh Fun. It would be a fun little bit of play, and it would sort of again signify that we are coming in. I mean, the shot itself wasn't particularly good from Nkudu, and um, actually, I don't think it did miss. He, it, was, it was saved. It was just a really meh kind of. Uh, the finish wasn't great, but again, just lots of good build-up. Again, lots of intent. Uh, in the sixth minute, again, Adem Lijajic, um would get the ball. I don't remember who passed it to him, but he was then in a shot nicely with his left foot from a bit of distance. Uh, it would be saved out it would um sort of bobble around get to Nkudu who would I don't know if this was intentional but it was a really nice cross it would sort of dribble across to Rashid Ghazal who would uh, again with his left foot send in a shot and another save and so at this point um Hatay's keeper Munir is doing a lot and uh, we're all very frustrated I think a little bit pissed off with what this Munir fella is up to um and it would not 
necessarily stop, although we would uh, sort of adjust, if you will. In the 10th minute, Rashid Ghazal would dribble it in, send in a lovely through ball, sort of between two defenders, like around them and in a way that just Kyle Aaron could run onto with his pace. And he's been doing this all year. Credit to him. And by the way, Kyle Aaron is looking very active early in this match to his to his credit. I think for all, all of us who were sad that Gokhan Ture wasn't getting the nod here, uh, who was, by the way, injured, I believe. Um, Kyle Aaron was, was making up for it with pace and energy. And here he was getting onto the end of a Rashid Ghazal perfectly weighted through ball. Uh, he would get a shot on very nicely saved, but it would be sort of carry him out to a defender who would pass it out to another defender, would pass it back to him. Adem Liayic showing this sort of offensive defense, putting pressure on, taking the ball off of that defender, sending it back to Rosier, who would send it back into Liayic. I mean, this is Barcelona stuff here. I'm not, this is insane. Uh, and then Liayic would uh, find Atiba who would just easily nod it on to Kyle Laren, who would just send it in low for a oof, nice goal at a tight angle, no less. Um, I think Munir would have hoped to have done better, but considering all the saves he'd made up to that point, all the pressure he was under, uh, I don't think anybody's really holding him too too hard to account there. Uh, and just, yeah, like Kyle Laren, credit to him. 2-0, um, his first goal of the match. Atiba with the assist. Love to see that, by the way, don't you? Um, 12th minute, we'd get some more action. Nkuru with some fancy dribbling, and he would force, uh, again, with actually a really nice shot this time to make up for the last one, but it would be saved well by Munir. So Munir would save a little face here after finally relenting. Um, and then again, in the 13th minute, Valentin Rosier would find Adem Liayic, who would kind of just loft a perfect ball into Laren, who would chip the keeper. Uh, I mean, what is going on here? <laughs> perfect goal, 3 to nil. Kyle Laren's already got a brace. It's the 13th minute. Um... I don't know. I don't know what to say. This is this is just wild. And Adem Liayic, the impact he's being he's having at this point in, in um, you know the second half of the season. I, I sort of jokingly said that he was like our transfer in the in the winter window. You know, Fener got Mesut Ozil. I said, don't worry, we've got Adem Liayic, our, our own sort of ten maestro coming in, and uh, he'd have less of a transition to make. And sure enough. I don't know what hit him or what was lacking earlier on, but just he's been absolutely phenomenal for us. Nobody would, would be able to argue otherwise. Uh, but so, yeah, let's keep talking, I suppose. Um, the next real... I mean, there was, there was a lot of action. I, I'm skipping over real opportunities here. Normally, I kind of cover all the big ones, but there were so many in, in this match. We're already up 3 now in the 13th minute. But the next real action would be the 37th minute. Rashid Ghazal with some... Lovely dribbling. And he sent a sort of sharp, low, sort of almost chip into George Kevin Nkudu's path. Nkudu would dribble it into the box from the left side, um, sort of around one or two defenders, send in a shot. 
I guess it deflected. I, I didn't think so initially. I thought it was like a perfect shot. I was told it deflected. Uh, I saw the replay. It didn't look like it was either there. But again, I was I was t I was told that it was definitively 100% deflected. I'm gonna take their word for it. Um, I only saw the one replay, but yeah, boom. Uh, he's credited with the goal on the last. Rashid Ghazal credited with the assist. And so there you have it. Uh, four to nil. What what can you say? Honestly, we have Hutch, uh, Atiba, Adem Ljajic, and Rashid Ghazal each with assists so far in this first half. Nkudu, Kyle Aaron twice with goals. A 4-0 lead. But then, a little bit of bad news. Um, and you, you can't say it's not. Uh, George Kevin and Nkudu walks to the sideline. He'd kind of been back and forth talking to Sergan, and finally this time he sort of relents. He comes off, and he's injured. Um, another injury to our attacking line. Hopefully, uh, we've all done enough at this point that it's not too substantive, and if he, even if he's out, it won't hurt us too much. But you don't like to see it. The guy, the guy was just playing excellently for us in these last few matches. Finally, um, just pr productivity all over the place. Key stats all around. So, you know, you hope it's nothing too major. He walked off just fine. He didn't seem too too badly injured, but he also seemed a little forlorn. Perhaps he was just bummed to, to have to come out of this match, you know, up by four goals, playing so well. But right after he comes off the pitch, Ridvan Yilmaz would come on, because we didn't really have a sub. Again, Gokhan Ture was injured. Um, so Ridvan Yilmaz comes in, and then Sakala goes... Uh, ahead of him, I believe. I'm not exactly sure. They may have alternated, but I think it was Ridvan Yilmaz who stayed back. But still, um, not long after coming in, um, Atiba would send one out wide to Richard Gazal on the right side, who would send it to Valentin Ozier, again, sort of further out wide after running in with it a little bit. Uh, Valentin Ozier would cut it across, just pinpoint perfect accuracy into the path of who other than Ridvan Yilmaz, who had just come in, and he scores a huge, I mean, just a fantastic goal. Uh, I mean, all in the setup, there wasn't a lot to do for, for Ridvan, but the kid was just thrilled um, to score for us. Obviously, uh, we have a five-goal lead. The celebrations at this point are fantastic. I didn't mention before Unkudu had gone out, after he scored, he did a really fun dance with Valentin Rosier. Uh, Abubakar was doing it alongside them in the stands. Um, so for all the rumors about him joining Fenerbahce or whatever, all the nonsense, uh, he didn't seem to get the memo. Uh, he was thoroughly enjoying uh, what looked like a fun match for our side all around from the stands. Uh, hopefully resting up for, for Galatas today. Um, <clears throat> and then after the Ridvan goal, just fantastic celebrations all around. Valentin Rosier, who set up the goal, uh, loved seeing Ridvan score and gave him lots of hugs. Um, Ersin Destanolu in a touching sort of gesture because, you know, they all they both came up from the youth squad together. They're both academy players. He raced upfield and sort of pushed guys out of the way so he could make sure to, to be one of the first to, to celebrate alongside his his uh, academy fellow youth academy product. One exceptionally touching moment for me was seeing how excited Fabrice Nsakalo was to uh, to see Ridvan score. And that's his competition on the side. 
and it, it didn't matter. He was just he was one of the last people to, to leave the celebrations, uh, sort of there the whole time, thoroughly excited to see the kids score. So uh, I don't know, man. The camaraderie on this side is just so fantastic. I, I love this team through and through, from from the first guy to uh, to be to make it to the team sheet to the, to the like last guy to make it to the bench. It's just so full of jubilance and camaraderie and um, just excellence even in this, in this season. But So that's it. Halftime, we have a 5 to nil lead. That's it. Sorry, folks. Just five goals in that half. Um, and already a sub, uh, even, uh, unfortunately. At the half, Bilong would come out of the match for Abdiolu. Um, Dorokan Tokus would come into the match for Atiba. Hopefully just to rest, I assume. Uh, Lu for Traore. So, so Hatay is blowing up their whole plan. Jamolu has come in for Popov. Uh, in the 47th minute, a yellow card for that Janle guy who had just come in. And then in the 54th minute, again, uh, we've got a mistake by... Uh, Bilong passes the ball back to Yusuf. I think I just said Bilong had come out of the match. So it couldn't have been Bilong, actually. Uh, the announcer said Bilong, but I don't know who it was. Uh, but so someone had passed it back to Yusuf. Yusuf sort of mistouches it, dribbles it poorly behind him. Kyle Laren, being as clever as usual, runs onto it before anyone else can, gets onto the end of it, sort of takes a couple steps with it, and then slots it, just perfectly placed to the right, kind of floats it past the keeper into the side netting. Perfect finish. Kyle Laren has a hat trick in the 55th minute. And Besiktas has a six-goal lead, six to nil. No assist on that one. He did it all himself. Can't say enough about the family, man. I don't, I, I, you know, people. Even after all he's done for us this season, we were people. Even myself, I was a little weary, but some people were really hard on him. Um, you know, taking Gokantore's sort of slot there after all the success he'd had, and just you know, he stepped up and performed again. Next bit of play, 64th minute, again, Dorokan would sort of splash one out to Valentin Jose along the right side, and again, Valentin Jose with just a perfectly weighted and placed cross, sort of skittering up with a little weight on it, a little height, goes across, I think Gazal slides first, doesn't get onto it, but Kyle Aaron does, sliding with his left foot, sends it, with a little curl on it, and it with a little weight, a little height on it, just perfect, <laughs> and a goal. Um, that's seven nothing. That's four goals for Kyle and another assist for Valentin Rosier. I don't know what to say, folks. This was um, it's about as, as fun as it gets. After Kyle Aaron's goal, again, talk about camaraderie. Vincent Abubakar in the stands, sort of shaking his hands like woo hoo, hot, hot, hot. Like this is like again, he's thrilled to see the guy who would theoretically be competition for him in the lineup. Scoring four goals. Um, he's not at all threatened by it. Just like in Sakhalin, he's going to be threatened by Ridvan performing well and scoring. It's just, it, it, it permeates through the whole squad. At this point, we're playing with a lot of subs even, and just, it doesn't matter. We're still scoring that seventh goal. Uh, and just performing at such a high quality. And, and you could tell they took Sergen's message to heart. They were mad alongside him at Hatay's sort of petulance. And they made them pay. They truly did. Um, 
I'll run through a couple more stats just for fun. In the 69th minute, Nijit Uysal would come to the match for Adem Liaj, basically signifying that we were done attacking. In the 71st minute, Mert would come in for Abid. Um, Chaitemel would come in for Katranis. Uh, and then Akintola would make a nice run, amazing run on the left side. Sending it, uh, sending it in Diouf. Diouf would set it in off the post. So they just, nothing was going their way. Um, I mean, it was well defended. I mean, well uh, guarded by Ersin. There wasn't a lot of space for that to go in besides the post. So perhaps credit him too. I can totally get the yellow in the 74th minute. Uh, remember, I mentioned uh, that we had four guys waiting to get a yellow. At this point, we're not too worried. A lot of them are out. Atiba's out. Adem Ljajic is out. Um, Dorka is not, but maybe we don't need to play him. Laren's not out, but at this point he's playing so well. He's like, everything's going his way. Um, 76th minute, Bernard Menza comes in for Rashid Ghazal. I don't know what our form is, it doesn't matter. Uh, we're just running this thing out, running out the clock. We probably could have scored two more goals even still. And you can see us take our foot off the gas and kind of intentionally not go for it a couple times just to maybe not like offend our, our opposition here. Um, nonetheless, in the 84th minute, Ruben Ribeiro with a yellow card and a petulant, crappy foul. And this guy was, again, violent. And I'm just going to do it. I'm sorry. Put him on the list. The hit list entry. Ruben Ribeiro. It's official. You've done it too many times. You were, you were warned previously. You're out. You're out. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Uh, 91st minute. They blow the whistle. Um, in the 84th minute, I can tell they made another Maisie run. Sent in across well again, and just Ersin snuffs it out. He'd made a number of sort of low-key moves like that, sort of sort of saves that went under the radar. Um, maybe the stats they'll show up. I'm not sure. I'll get to that in a moment. But um, he kind of underlined an all-around great performance. Another clean sheet for the kid. Again, 20-year-old manning the helm for a side that could be a title winner. I don't think that's ever happened. Not, not in our history. Or at least not that not in my lifetime certainly, and or or you know I feel like it had happened anytime near my lifetime. It would have been noteworthy enough. I wouldn't know about it. So yeah, it's fantastic stuff. Celebrations abound at the end of the game. Joseph with the kind of knowing celebration. He gets down on his knees. He knows how big this one was. Not just the momentum gained, but like seven goals gives us more goal differential buffer. It, it does so much, and just the win. Now we only have three matches to go, uh, and we only need four points. As things stand, with our rivals having four matches left to play, we only need four four points, right? And that's like that's with the math assuming that our rivals win those last four matches outright. If they slip up at all, we could just bumble our way through this. We don't even maybe have to win anymore. <laughs> like I mean, let's not let's not go there and let's just win them all for fun anyway and and have fun in the process and buff our stats. Maybe earn ourselves a few million here and there for anyone we, we might end up having to sell, but um, for what it was worth, it was just a fantastic match. 7-0. Again, no results coming in afterwards. So I'm not going to do a standings session um, to really talk about. I guess I'll just briefly note for the for the record, you know, that we now have a uh, eight-point lead over Fenerbahce and a nine-point lead over Galatasaray. Galatasaray will play tomorrow, Sunday, or later today, I guess, in Fenerbahce on Monday. Um, Galatasaray 
is going to be on the road against Genshler, Verli, and, and Ankara. And Fenerbahce are going to be at home against Erzurumspor. Both of them playing relegation sides, neither of whom are out of the running. Um, you know, who, who could theoretically pull themselves out of relegation? Both sides. Both sides. So uh, both sides have a lot to play for. Um, it should be. You know, we'll see what happens if either of these sides drops points. Um, they're they're in hot water. Um, if Galatasaray loses, they're they're basically done. It would come down to, uh, they would have to win all three of the remaining matches, including uh, obviously beating us, and we have now, uh, we have a plus 47 goal differential because of that win, <laughs> they're, they're plus 35, we have a plus 12, they'd have to beat us 6 nothing just to fix the goal differential, because um, the head-to-head -head would be even, we beat them in our previous match, so. Godzilla cannot afford a single loss, one loss and they're out, basically. Fenerbahce, you know, they're, they're treading water if they do. Um, they're hoping we can't get a single point if they lose. If we do, they're done. And they can't, they can't match us on head-to-head because -head we've, we've got them beat. It wouldn't even matter about goal differential. And if it did, they'd be screwed. They're only at plus 28 to our plus 47. So um, they cannot slip up at all. And if they do, it's over. Whereas we, we can pretty much slip up all we want if we really wanted to. I don't think we should. Um, and it's, it's not true, actually. I mean, again, if they win out, our rivals, that is, um, we just need four points in these remaining three matches to sort of assure that they can't catch us. And again, I don't, I don't see anyone in the Super League winning four matches in a row, uh, especially these guys who have not been able to do it recently. I don't know what would change um, at this point with things looking so dire and all the pressure in the world on their shoulders just to keep them within sort of breathing distance, not even breathing distance, you know. Um, arm's length, not even that. So anyway, let's uh, let's leave that alone and let's talk stats before I hand things over to the uh, Southern Eagle in our After the Beat today. So stats, statisticos. So let's start it off as we tend to with possession. 61% for Besiktas. So even though we were up 7-0, that was not relenting. 39% for them, I guess. We might as well mention. Um, 17 total shots for us to 9 for them, which is interesting. 18 chances created by us. 7 by them. 5 big chances for us. 5? We had 7 goals. 2 big chances for them. 2? We completed 529 accurate passes. They completed 301. We did it at a 90% clip. <clears throat> they completed their passes at an 83% rate. So, oh my gosh, it doesn't make sense. They seem to have played well statistically. They conceded 14 fouls or eight, um, three corners apiece. They had one offside so and zero. We were very disciplined, very well composed. We had 13 shots on target. They had one. They had seven shots off target. We had three. So that's, you know, just ruthlessly efficient. They hit the woodwork once, I mentioned that, that was Doof, I think. Um, so they'll, they'll be bummed about that, no doubt. But, uh, yeah, we had 12 shots inside the box. They had six. They were all off target somehow, so bummer for them. Um, any other sort of key stats? They had three yellow cards. We had zero. So they conceded 14 fouls, three yellow cards. We conceded eight, had none. So we played a clean... Disciplined game. And again, I, I mentioned we had four guys on the cusp of suspension, so 
That is not a stat that one should not pay attention to. That's a very good stat. Um, I'll talk sort of again what I did last time. I'll go over the, the top performances and certain stats and then go into the individual performances. Um, I'll try to limit it this time. I, was, I dragged things on a bit too much last time. So, big chances created. Kyle Laren created the most chances with three. Rosier, two. Gazelle, one. And maybe a bunch of others with one. Um, total shots. Kyle Laren with six. Included with four. Gazelle, three. Succeeded. Passes succeeded. Or pass success? Um, 71 passes by Domingos Vida at a 95% rate. 59 passes completed by Joseph de Souza for 89% sort of uh, success rate there. Ruben Ribeiro completed 56 passes for them at a 90% rate. Uh, even though he's on the hit list, let's not forget. Um, dribbles succeeded. The, the guy who completed the most dribbles was Aaron Bupenza, who completed 5 at a 63% rate. Nkudu completed 4 at a 40, 57% rate. Uh, Rosier completed 2 at a 50% rate. Tackles. Ruben Ribeiro and Bupenza each had the most with two. Um, Ruben Ribeiro was 100%, two of two. Nkudu had one successful tackle. And then, like, a bunch of people had one successful tackle apiece. Oh, that's weird. I don't quite understand that. I feel like your defenders must have had a few tackles, no? Um, I guess maybe not. They didn't have much, they had much of the ball on our side of the half. Um, anyway. So the top performer, as I mentioned, ratings-wise, was Kyle Lahren. Let's talk about it. He had four goals. <laughs> I mean, that's going to do it, isn't it? Six shots. Four goals on six shots. 27 accurate passes at an 82% rate. One chance created. Um, one big chance missed. That's interesting. He had one key pass. He had one accurate long ball. It was one of one on long ball. Uh, he won three out of seven duels, so like not a more, uh, particularly like physical match. He had three recoveries, which is something considering he was a lone striker. But obviously he did what he needed to do, scoring four times. Uh, the next highest rated performer was Valentin Rosier, who had two assists, completed 47%, uh, sorry, 47 passes at an 85% success rate. He created four chances. Um... I mean, three crosses, one of them was accurate. He had two long balls, one of them was accurate. So, you know, not perfect stats, but those are kind of key stats because those accurate ones did a lot for us. He had two key passes, 81 touches, so he was omnipresent. Uh, he won eight out of ten duels. Ruthlessly efficient in that regard and um, just key. A lot of those were key. He, he won one aerial duel. He won his only aerial duel. And he had eight recoveries. So he was also just all over the place. Frenetic, as I like to say these days. Nkudu was the next up. And that's again, despite only playing for a half. He had a goal, four shots, 16 accurate passes for a half. 84% success rate. Um, three out of his four shots were on target. Uh, one key pass, 35 touches. Seven out of 10 duels won. Wow, um, seven out of eleven dribbles succeed. Or no, actually, I'm sorry, four out of eleven dribbles successful. Um, but you know, key ones at that because they all, a lot of those resulted in shots or, or, or passes that were key. And obviously, one assist, uh, one resulting in a goal even. Um, he made two recoveries, so he wasn't hyperactive in that regard. Um, seven out of ten duels though is, is nice. You like to see that. He had an interception. 
one out of one tackles. I mentioned that already, so I don't know. Good, actually, that was a key tackle I recall too. Uh, next up was Rashid Ghazal, and this is sort of in a spectacular zone. Uh, I'm gonna sort of breeze through these things a little faster. Erson was next. Look at that. And so when you go from, from excellent to sort of very good, you have Erson in that area, which is crazy. He had a, he had a save, a diving save, a save inside the box, acted as a sweeper, five throws, a high claim. Um, 23 accurate passes, 92% rate, 32 touches, nine recoveries, three accurate long balls, um, whatever. They liked him statistically, and I liked, again, just a, a rock for us, no doubt. Um, then you have Atiba with a great game, Fabrice and Sakala with a really good game, Domagos Vida and Adem Ljajic with great game statistically, Joseph de Souza with a great game, Wellington and Ridvan Yilmaz with really good games. Then you go down to sort of the mediocre, uh, Nejip and Dorukan, um, neither of them played very many minutes, so you know, you can't really fault them for that. Uh, Bernard Mentz is in that category as well. And they're all on the higher end for that, you know, they had efficient games in that realm, and all of the really poor performers are on Hatai, so statistically no poor performers for us. Our, our worst performers were guys who played minimally for us off of the bench. Um, just an excellent statistical match all around. Excellent match for us, the way we feel, for how we sleep tonight. Um, I'm going to sleep well in a moment or so um, after I, well, I have to edit this thing and release it, so not so soon, but um, just, yeah, a great feeling all around. A huge win. Besiktas wins. Besiktas wins. Um, of course, stay tuned, folks. Our next match, we have a week. I got a week to, to not have to worry about any mid-week mid episodes. Um, but yeah, our next match, Galatasaray, on the road so at the Turk Telecom Arena. Uh, huge derby, obviously. Uh, it's on Saturday, May 8th, 1.30 p.m. here on the Eastern Standard, whatever, Eastern Seaboard, Eastern Coast of the United States. Uh, check your local listings as per usual. Uh, never listen to me on this stuff. Always trust yourselves when it comes to match time. Heaven forbid you miss a match. Uh, but yeah, guys, 7-0. Guys, ladies, anyone in between. Whatever you're, you know, just... Whew, fans. Besiktash fans. Family. What a huge day this was. What a great feeling we, we can uh, just ride throughout the week. Uh, really, no matter what happens for the rest of this weekend. But I'm going to kick back. Um, after I get my vaccine, if the doctor tells me I can, I'm going to have another beer. Um, gonna just chill out. Watch our rivals hopefully drop points and kill themselves. Take themselves out of the running. Again, if Gladstone loses, they'll almost have nothing to play for against us. So, I mean, they will technically, but it'll be like nearly impossible. Um, folks, follow us on Twitter. At Eagles underscore podcast. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. And of course, stay tuned for our hashtag after the beep with our Southern Eagle Embre with his match notes as per usual. And of course, I must mention. Let's go, Magic Dash! Peace out! Three more matches!
Hey Sinan, we are so happy. Nothing to comment for this game. One more to go. We are the champions. Go Besiktas, go Black Eagles of Istanbul. And the Canadian Eagle Ladin is really soaring high. I'm sure he's going to make a big transfer this uh, transfer window in the summer. That's all from me, Southern Eagle. Go Besiktas. For the first half, we had 59% ball control. And Hatay Spor had 41%. And in that, we had uh, 13 shots. Nine of them were on the target. And four of them actually goal. The own goal of Hatay doesn't count as a, a shot from us. And also even the lightest shot on the first half came from post. Didn't count as shot on target. The Shiktash actually swept the Hatay away in first half. Nobody was expecting this. I was expecting two multi-goals in the first half, but not five goals. We didn't give them a room to breathe. And first half we kept them clean sheet. That's also a good boost. And the best moment of the game is uh, when Rudvan enters the game and his first touch is a goal. His first professional soccer life goal. And his same age goalkeeper friend Ersin made a 100 meter run to celebrate his goal on the other end of the field. That was fantastic. And Sergei Yeltsin had said, we will show what will happen on Saturday. We just started. I know I wasn't going to talk, but uh, the game made me so happy. And I was listening to comments and I wanted to add a few things. With this game, Besiktas uh, scored total 85 goals. And we still have three more games to go to complete 42 games. Uh, 42 weeks, actually, we will play 40 games at the end. So that 85 goals we scored in 38 matches, I believe, if I'm correct. And in the beginning of the season, nobody would have believed that previous season only six games played, Abu Bakar would have, could have scored 15 goals. And uh, previous season made a Belgium run, Belgian league run, uh, Kyle Lurin would have scored in all competitions, including Champions League and all, total 23 goals and added also five assists. And even Enkudu, Enkudu was a problem. Nobody would expect that he would score seven, eight goals. He, he broke his record now, he scored eight goals and I don't know how many assists he added. And Gökhan Ture, miraculously, last three, four weeks, he came out of nowhere. He made the turning points in very critical games, made assists, made goals. And this is, this is total miracle. I mean, having this performance from these really veteran players, Sergei Yeltsin is the leader. That's the only key thing. It's a beautiful day in Virginia. It's about 25, 26 Celsius. So 70s Fahrenheit, something. And also goalkeeper. Sergei Yeltsin to save money and have a room for spendings for Gazelle and Rosier, he decided to go with the youngsters. 
Ersin and Utku. And in this 38 league games, Ersin did pretty good job. I mean, he made errors, all the goalkeepers do. But he, he actually didn't destroy us like previous German goalkeeper destroyed us. And the most critical thing, this 2021 season, it was under influence of full coronavirus restrictions. So the games played in very tight schedules. Champions League games, European competitions, even the National League games where international games played for the European or World Cup qualifications. Normally there used to be two games in the break. This time in a week they squeezed three games. When you look at it actually, in this such a tight schedule from last season, there was only one or two weeks break in summer. And the mid-season break was only five days in Turkey in January. So hats off for Beşiktaş players with a short squad. I mean, when you look at who played, who performed, maybe 20 total players did. They play close to 50 games so far. They are like an ultraman, strongest man or whatever that heptathlon running players. They really put out a great performance. That's not, not only in Turkey, when you look at the European competitions too. Manchester City have been playing so many games in this season. Lille in France League, they are doing same. Inter Milan is doing same performance in Italy. And Bayern Munich, traditionally, they are keeping the same performance. But one thing from the previous seasons, this 2020 Corona season is the shortest and required much more effort from teams and players to perform in a shorter period. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.